Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. Is it okay for Christians to serve in the military or even go to war? What does the Bible say about you standing up for freedom and our national defense? Pastor Bob Yandian has written an important book about this. He's on our show today. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. On today's show, we have a live guest in studio, a new friend to the program, but a longtime friend of especially the Pentecostal Charismatic Movement out of Tulsa. I wanna welcome to the program, Pastor Bob Yandian. How are you, sir? I'm fine, how are you doing, chaps? Good, I'm so honored to meet you. Thank I've heard you. so much about you over the years. Is it good? Most, most, most of the things okay, you, okay. that I hear about you are good. Okay. Depends if you read some of the left-wing blogs, they might criticize us together, that, that's, right? That's, that's good news for me. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a badge of honor. That is, it is uh, a badge of honor. But, but you have a long history in, in Tulsa and with your wife, Loretta. You've been married how many years? 51. 51 years. Yeah. And you've been pastor of what, what you call the home church. Yes, it's home church now, but I pastored, it was called Grace Fellowship at the time for 33 years. Wonderful, that is faithfulness, yeah. and thank you for serving the community. Um, you've written so many books with, with Harrison House, a great Pentecostal publisher. I wanna highlight this one. It's called The Bible and National Defense. The Bible and National Defense. Mm -hmm. uh, your father was a veteran. Yes, he was in World War II at the 8th Air Force over in England and flew missions over Germany. He was a bombardier, he was also a tail gunner and navigator, so I think they just used him whatever one got killed up front so that he ran up and did their job basically. Right. So that's the, that's the job. Well, you grew up as a patriot, obviously yes. loving veterans, and, and you wrote a book uh, because sometimes Christians are conflicted about whether they should join the military. Yeah, the, the reason why I wrote the book was this, is that uh, so many arguments are just emotional, feelings. You know, I don't think it's right to kill somebody. They'll pull a scripture out here and they'll try to make blanket it with everything. Well, it's in the 10 commandments, thou shalt not kill. No, it's not. It said, thou shalt not commit murder. Ah. Uh, in fact, the problem is for years, all we had was the King James. Yeah. And the King James says, thou shalt not kill. And in every other place, it says, thou shalt not kill. Until one time it's correctly translated in the New Testament, Jesus was speaking to the rich young ruler and said, thou shalt do no murder. It's homicide. That's what it's speaking about. Ah. So the Bible isn't saying it's wrong to kill. In fact, it says in Ecclesiastes 3.3, there is a time to kill and there is a time to heal. And there's three times the Bible talks about proper killing. Proper killing. Yes, and that is the case of capital punishment, national defense, or self-defense. Wait a minute, wait, let's, let's slow down and make okay. sure that people got those three. Okay. What are the three again? Uh, capital punishment, the Bible's very pro on capital punishment. Yep. National defense, yep. and self-defense. Self-defense. Yeah, it's, it's the word of God. So it's okay to, to kill, not to murder, because that's a different category yeah. of sin. Uh -huh. but, but killing is not always a sin. For example, it, even though God commanded Moses, right, 
thou shalt not murder, he also commanded the Israeli army to kill its enemies. Yes. That's national defense. Right, the thing that people often miss though, they say, well look at those poor innocent people. In every case, God gave them plenty of time to repent. 400 years for Egypt to repent before he sent the 10 plagues. And then 40 more years for them to repent in the promised land, and they still wouldn't do it. And finally God came to the end. He had to do something or the sins would corrupt his people. If you go in there and invade the land and, and you don't kill them, he said their sins will come into your camp and their uh, sexual addictions will come into your camp, all the break, and he said, finally comes a time when you have to kill them. And it's proper when it comes a case in the case of war. So I know that certainly applied to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, but how does it apply to the nation of America today? Are, are there Christians today who are conflicted about this? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I run across them all the time. That's why I wrote the book called The Bible and National Defense, because so much is being based today on what people think, uh, what pastors think and say, and we've departed so much from the Word of God. When's the last time you went to church and heard a passage opened up and they explained the passage? It's more like they present their view than throw a passage in there to try to defend the view. Take your view from what the Bible says, not make the Bible try to say what you think. So exegesis, not eisegesis, as theologians like to say. Um, the Bible and national defense, you started with the Bible and then developed your theology based on what the Bible teaches. Exactly, yes, that's what I did. So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's dig into this a little bit. What about uh, different Christian denominations? And I'm not gonna name any in uh -huh. particular, but, but I was a Navy chaplain uh, and I would run across people in the Navy who had already enlisted, they're already in uniform, but suddenly they show up and say, Chaplain, I'm not sure I feel comfortable going to war. Uh, I know what I said, what would you say to them? I would sit down with them with the Bible. Again, you can argue with what people think and your thinking might be different. So you argue really on an emotional level. If you come back to what God said, then who else you can go to above God to take your case to. So that's why I taught this in, in, in the church. And so many people that came at that time, they were sending them to their sons that were in the military, their daughters in the military, to show them this is what God said, because they had sons and daughters questioning at the time too. When they saw the horrors of war, and believe me, the Bible talks about the horrors of war, but it also talks about when you as a Christian put your faith and trust in God, Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of faith, by faith, Abel, Enoch, Noah, toward the end of it, when it gets to David, it lists military victories. And it said, in the midst of battle, God gave them strength. In the midst of battle, God helped them to kill the enemy. And it says they actually went, and, and the Greek word means to crush underfoot when they conquered their enemies. Right. And at the end of it, they stood there because honestly, <laughs> There, as far as the Bible's concerned, when people get so far, it's much like a, a dog that gets mad and foams at the mouth. What are you gonna do? We've got foaming dogs around the world right now wanting to devour us, don't care a thing about the God we serve, don't yeah. even believe in the God we serve or that we should serve a God, and they're out to stop us from worshiping that God. There comes a time you stand up and say no, and God will back you for it. So it's okay for Christians to serve in the military. What I used to say to sailors is, um, that it, it's okay, God has instituted governments and the government has power to defend itself, like yes. national security, like your book's about. Uh, for, and that also applies to local police force, yes, right? right? For example, a local policeman is allowed to protect an innocent shopper in 7-Eleven. If she's getting robbed or mugged, uh -huh. that policeman has government authority to use force. And when we serve in the military, we're not vigilantes, we're not out there shooting random people. Right. We're acting as an agent of the government which has God's blessing. Well, police are paramilitary. That's exactly what they are. And so, and so are all the other ones we look at from the levels on down. 
And uh, this is what God has promised us, because the military can't be in the streets all the time. That's why we have divisions of it all the way down. Even the police, fire department, others are paramilitary. And we go up the chain of command all the way up to the military, and then eventually we get up to God himself. Amen to that. The book is The Bible and National Defense, Bob Yandian, wherever books are sold. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll talk about conscientious objectors. Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News. How can you discern the thoughts in your own mind from the thoughts that come to you from the Holy Spirit or from angels or from invisible demons? I'm Dr. Chaps, and you've seen us on this show talk about the gift of discerning of spirits. Maybe you know that I wrote my PhD dissertation entitled How to See the Holy Spirit and Angels and Demons. And it's all about this important topic of receiving the gift of discerning of spirits. How can you discern the thoughts that come to you? How do you know to learn to hear the voice of God and discern that from the demonic voice which tempts us to sin? Well, this is an important skill and it will change your ministry. It'll change your life, which is why we've created now not just a book, but a 17-part video Bible study on a four-disc DVD set that we would like to send to you and your church and your family and your small group. This important Bible study series goes through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. How did Jesus discern the spirits? How did the Apostle Paul discern the spirits? What does the Old Testament say about demons and the Holy Spirit and angels? When you learn to discern, it will transform your life and your ministry. Please visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and get this important video resource. Or call us toll free at 866-Obey-God, and for a suggested donation of $99, we'll give you the entire 17-part Bible study series for just $99. And if you order today, we'll throw in the book for free. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, or call us toll free at 866-Obey-God. Get this important Bible study series for your family. Call today. Did you know religious freedom is under fire in our military today? Our troops do not have protection. For example, military chapels are now being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies on bases in all 50 states. Our troops are now also faced punishment if they dare to object to sharing common sleeping quarters or common shower facilities, or if chaplains dare to quote the Bible during private counseling that declares that homosexuality is a sin. Nobody in our military should be forced to violate their Christian conscience, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign a petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Let's defend religious freedom for our troops. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined again by Bob Yandian, who is uh, with Home Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, faithful 
husband for 51 years. Thank you, Pastor Bob, for coming on the show and talking about the Bible and national defense. You have many other books. Do you wanna mention their titles? Uh, well, a lot of our pastoral books. I just wrote a new book and it's, it's on uh, uh, making uh, doctrines in the word of God understandable. And so um, I, I like to take difficult things and make them simple. And that's what my calling is. So there's a lot of other books that I've written on. Is your website bobyandian.com? Yes, that's exactly So that's where you can find all of his books. Uh, I wanna get into the concept of conscientious objection. Now, according to the Constitution, and I used to tell my sailors that conscientious objection is a legitimate constitutional argument Mm -hmm for getting out of the military. Mm-hmm. If you enlisted and, and uh, you, you decided later that your religion, maybe it's not Christianity, but any religion, uh, for example, Jehovah's Witnesses mm-hmm. have a strong objection to even serving in the military. Right. That's a good reason for you constitutionally to be excused from the military with an honorable discharge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a different take on conscientious objections. Yes, according to the Bible, it is a sin. Now, I understand where our nation stands on it because they're not in the business of defining sin. We are not a religious organization, our government is. And they're there to, again, bring peace and and bring just from basically good, even biblically slanted, just common sense to how how to run a nation. And you have to do it that way. But according to the word of God, according to the Bible, when the children of Israel came into the promised land and they were just getting ready to cross over the Jordan River, two tribes said, we like it here. And the water's here, so we think we can grow crops here and stuff. So two tribes decided to stay and the other 10 tribes were gonna go in. But uh, But Moses went to those two tribes and spoke to them and said, it's all right to do this, but I want you to understand something. When we go to war over here, you come with us, you join us. And he said, if you don't, he said, it will discourage your children later on. And then later on, your grandchildren later on, and this will get worse and worse and worse if you decide not to go to battle. And uh, what he said was this, he said, if you don't go to battle, be sure your sin will find you out. We quote that quite often. We make it plural. Be sure your sins will find you out. But the sin he was referring to was the sin of conscientious objection, not fighting with your brothers and sisters in the time of battle going into war with them. He said, if you do, it will it will affect your children because they'll see the freedoms I have today was based on my father who went to battle, then your grandchildren. So either way, if you decide not to go to battle, that's going to affect your children and grandchildren in a bad way. If you do go, it affects them in a good way. I love to hear the stories my dad would tell about the war, yeah. the things he did. And so again, then my, now my grandson is in the military. He's in the Air Force too, and he's based in New Mexico. Well, thank you the, for their service. The yeah. change he went through, because he was just a flighty, typical, you know, teenager, didn't know what he wanted to do. And one day he said, I think I want to go to the military. And he went to the Air Force. To see the difference in a year, year and a half of him is incredible. It really grows you up. Just going through boot camp made me into a man. Uh-huh. Um, changed my life, humbled me, and made me ready to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. I got saved my freshman year at the Air Force Academy. Um, But I wanna get back to this idea of conscientious objection. You're saying that Moses, when he talked to what became eventually the the, the 12 tribes of Mm -hmm. Israel, he said, the two tribes that don't wanna go to war that's a sin, you should really go to war and defend your nation. The book is called The Bible and National Defense. You wanna be able to defend your nation when the time comes. Right, 
But actually, the two tribes didn't say they didn't want to fight. He went to them to tell them, don't decide not to fight. And they, they, they had in their mind, they said, no, sir, you, you're talking to ones that will fight. We are part of them. We are one nation with them. And even though we're living on this side of the Jordan River and they're on the other side of the Jordan River, we will fight with them. And just warn them about what would happen if they decided not to fight. It'll affect your children and your sin will not, it may not find you out now, yeah. but you'll find it in your children and your grandchildren later. It will find you out. I don't prefer, for example, the policy in America of drafting people into the military. I would hope that people would serve voluntarily, but the law is still there. If there were a national emergency, people could be drafted. Now they're even debating whether to draft women into yes. the military. Should anybody be a draft dodger and burn their draft card like they used to in the 60s for Vietnam? No, in fact, I, I think it's wrong and, and we should arrest them for that. The best nations I've been to around the world, especially Israel, you have no choice. And at a certain age you go in, you're in for a certain amount of time and everybody serves. And you say, yeah, but what if I have some kind of physical thing, work in an office? I mean, do anything in the military you can to be in the midst of the battle and do whatever you can to help. And to me, that's, what, that's why often you look at the, the adults or the young adults in Israel, when we go, have gone over there, a totally different mentality about their nation. Strong, strong military things, uh, probably strong patriotism comes from serving a country. I was in Israel a couple of years ago and, and I took a bus ride from Jerusalem over toward uh, the Dead Sea and there mm -hmm. were literally young women, yes. 18 year olds with machine guns on the bus <laughs> and they were serving Israel and, and thank God for, for their example, yeah. but, but they don't see a problem in the Bible. No, and the other thing too, our own, our own group by the end of the day, we went down to Ben Yehuda Street in Jerusalem. There were young girls on the roof up there with their machine guns yeah. and, and young men down here on the streets. And so, you know what? I felt very protected. That's why there's such a peace when you land in that nation right. is because of the military that's there or one major reason. I like that. Okay, so uh, w there's so many other things that we need to talk about. Let's take a short break, but when we come back, capital punishment and uh, the difference between Romans 13 and Acts 4 after this giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Hello, everyone, I'm Mike Lindell, and I wanna tell everyone to get behind Dr. Chaps' ministry here in his program, and you can do that by using, going to MyPillow.com, using the promo code PRAYNEWS, and you're gonna save up to 66% on all my products. But more importantly, a, mo a lot of that money is gonna go back to support Dr. Chaps and this programming, and it's, uh, I just can't tell you enough, to get people to Jesus is so important, and to have ministries like this is, is that it's just absolutely amazing. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well rested in the morning. That's why I invented my pillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled my pillow. And to thank you for your support, I'm gonna pass the savings directly on to you. For example, you get my six piece towel sets, regular $109.99, now only $44.98. Or my pillow dog beds for as low as $19.99 with your promo code. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. 
today I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps, joined by Pastor Bob Yandian, all the way from Tulsa. He's here in our studio today. He's written a book, The Bible and National Defense. He's got many other books at bobyandian.com. Uh, Pastor Bob, you said, you, you talked about capital punishment. Now I'm pro-life, which means I'm against abortion of, and killing of innocent children. Uh -huh. But what if there's a murderer who's old and, and he gets the death penalty, uh, should he be executed? Yes, he should. And I believe all the way to the electric chair, wherever he goes, he should hear the gospel all the way. And just like the thief on the cross, he didn't, he, God didn't take him off the cross because he believed in Jesus. No, he went ahead and died, but he had a chance to receive Jesus. And so I believe that's why prison ministries are necessary. And we're not, we're not going in there to try to get you out of what you've done. We're going in there to tell you there is a penalty for what you've done and the nation's gonna do that. But God wants to save you before you do by giving your life to Jesus Christ. Now, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw, not to play the devil's advocate because oh, I hate ahead. the devil, right? <laughs> but isn't that an Old Testament concept, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth? What about the New Testament? Isn't God a God of grace? Yes, he is, but he was a God of grace in the Old Testament. We act like God made, made this major change when the New Testament came along and now he's a God of grace and back there he's a God of vengeance. All you are seeing is different sides of God, but God still says in the New Testament, he said there's gonna come a day and he said that he's a God also of vengeance and the dispensation of grace is going to end when Jesus comes for us and you're going to see a God of war appear again. During this time period, we have not been appointed under wrath and God has given a 2000 year period of grace to, but he still advocates fighting for your country and still advocates that if you do things wrong and you break laws enough and you go to a certain extent that your life should still be taken from you. And that's found in the New Testament. Hebrew, uh, probably Romans chapter 13 says that for capital punishment, that the government does not bear the sword in vain. And the sword is the sword of capital punishment, not just battle, but when somebody does something that is a capital crime, they go and their life is taken. But again, we, they should have every opportunity, just like the thief on the cross, that just before he dies, he says, remember me when you come to your kingdom, says today you'll be with me in paradise. So I wanna get into Romans 13. You mentioned this, and this is where it teach, Paul teaches, very authoritative, right? Uh -huh. uh, that we should submit to the government because they are instituted by God and they don't bear the sword for no reason. In other words, uh, that, that says two things, number one, I should pay my taxes, I shouldn't be a, a disobedient citizen, right? Mm -hmm. Submit, even, even if the government is evil, like sometimes under certain administrations, I'm not gonna name names, uh, we, <laughs> we don't like to obey, but we should uh -huh. generally pay our taxes and obey the government. But it also says that the government has authority as if it is instituted by God. Yes. Um, is it a sin to take matters into my own hands or, or can I as a soldier act as an instrument of God and obey his questionable authority. Well, we need to understand that even though the government's here, it's still under God's authority. Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, God's the things that are God's, but without God, we wouldn't have nations here to render to. And it simply comes back to that you have to know where to draw the line. And drawing the line comes to when 
people take as Christians today because they're so, there's, pardon me, but there's a lot of ignorance about the Bible today yeah. in churches. And people just think because you read one verse of scripture out of, or two or three verses of scripture out of Romans 13 and, and Peter also, that you're supposed to submit to the, to the laws of the land. That means just lay down and do anything they say. But we find cases in the word of God where the, where the government went too far and they begin to violate your spiritual rights. Right. And so the moment they do that, you have to make a decision. And uh, again, it doesn't mean you always go to war, go to battle against them, but you stand up. You begin to use the, even the government forms that we have. Paul did it in the book of Acts. How many times was he confronted with something and told to do something? He says, I'm a Roman citizen. I appeal to Caesar. I appeal to Caesar. And they backed yeah. off and said, well, pardon me. Here's a guy appealing to Caesar, preaching the gospel. Yeah. And they didn't believe in the gospel. He had rights. He had rights as uh, exactly right. So we, that's the thing we come back to is we have to understand they cross a line. And you mentioned it, Acts chapter four. Well, let me say that, that there's a time for civil disobedience yeah. too, right? The government isn't always right. And when they tell you to stop preaching or praying in the name of Jesus, I was a Navy chaplain and I took a stand mm -hmm. based on Acts chapter four. The Pharisees told Peter and John, you must not preach or teach or anything at all in Jesus name. But they, they answered, who are you Pharisees? Should we obey men or should we obey uh -huh. God? And they disobeyed men, they obeyed God, they kept on preaching in Jesus' name. Well, Is what, that disobedience? No, because what Peter said in that case was, you forced us into a corner. And you forced us into a corner to believe you over God. And he says, and whether we shall obey God or whether we shall obey you, we have no choice. What he said was one is so superior to the other. I can't even address it. We're going to obey God and keep on preaching in the name of Jesus. Amen. That should be such a strong conviction in us. We know where the line is. People don't know where the line is. They don't even know if there is a line anymore. You know, and they simply because it's it's like when the even when the Supreme Court says that capital punishment that uh, that killing children's okay and abortion, we have to know. I don't care if it is the Supreme Court; they are not the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. And if they have made a law that's different than yours, and I'm going to have to go with them, and that's why I would march in the streets and uh, protest against abortion, stop it, counsel as many girls as I could possibly get to, don't go through with this. But you would do so peacefully. You yes. would never advocate for a Christian to become a vigilante and take violence into his own hands no. because violence is, is different. That's, that's not authorized under Romans 13. Right. Now, if I will say this, if the army started coming to my house, I would defend myself even against the military who was coming to arrest me for being a Christian, I would probably fight to defend my children. But if they arrest me, then I'll go on into prison and, and be there. But I think that self-defense also comes in the case where they're coming against you with the things of you know, with the things about, I, I would have no problem if the military was coming after me down the streets and everything of defending my family. If they come and knock on the door and say, you're under arrest for preaching Jesus, I'd say, here I am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and in that sense, uh, there is a time for Christians to stand up, especially since 1776, we're in a new system here where the, the citizens are sovereign. We have not only the right to vote, but the right to govern, to petition, to hold our government accountable because we, exercise authority over the government, and we need to participate in defending democracy and our spiritual rights. Pastor, we have just a minute left. Would you uh, minister to somebody and say a prayer? Yes, I will. You know, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, all this might seem silly to you, but I'm simply telling you that God has a plan for you in this life and past this life into eternity. And it comes through one person, Jesus Christ. I heard somebody say, well, Jesus said, I am the way they said that. Well, that's just arrogance. I said, no, it's confidence. When you know that you know that you know you're right, then you, then you understand Jesus spoke because he is the only way. 
If you've never accepted Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer with you to simply ask you to do this. Get off the throne of your life and put somebody there that can handle it because you've messed it up all these years. It's time to turn it over to somebody who knows a whole lot better than you do how to run your life and has a great day for you ahead. Let's pray. Father, I pray with those that are watching right now, for those that have never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. All the things we've been talking about today come from your word, but Father, your word means nothing unless we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. So Father, I pray for them right now that they'll simply open up their heart and say, Jesus, sit on the throne of my life. I give my life to you as my Savior, but also as my Lord. I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. He prays on a clock. We have we had a minute, he used it. That was great. BobYandian.com is the website. Get all of his books. This is a great pastor. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Again, PrayInJesusName.org. If you just prayed with us, call us now at 866-Obey-God. We'll see you next time. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best financial donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray in Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll-free right now, 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.